Hey folks, and welcome to this special edition of the Inner Fight Podcast. As you listen to this podcast right now, we will be halfway through our Transomania Ultra Marathon, 285 kilometers that we're doing across Oman. That's what's going on. The deadline for this is 100 hours. You've got to complete it in 100 hours. We kicked off Monday, 27th of January, 6 p.m. Oman time, just as it was getting dark, heading into the night to start through the mountains of Oman. 150K was the halfway point, and that's about where we'll be right now when this podcast is released. And then we go another 150 kilometers over sand, undulating sand dunes up, down, and some great, great soft sand, I'm sure, for the last 150K. So that's what I'm up to. My name's Marcus Smith. I'm the founder of Inner Fight. And one of the biggest questions that I've been getting asked recently as we've prepared for the Transomania Ultramarathon is why? Why are you doing this? Why on earth would you want to run the best part of 300 kilometers? And it wasn't only a few weeks ago. I was sat down with my wife at dinner and she turned around and said to me, do you realize that seven and a half marathons in four days? To which I obviously replied, yes, I do. It's quite a long way. Why am I doing it? Good question. Something like this is something that really puts your body and your mind to the test. It's the physical and mental test. And that's something that I've been always looking for, whether it's been my rugby life, when I played golf, when I've done CrossFit, anything I've done, I believe that we're put here, we're designed with awesome bodies, and we're here to test both our body and our mind. And this really is preparation. The bigger goal here was, as I pre-registered myself and Martin and Ben, the two guys that I'm running with, for Marathon de Sable of 2015, Ben took the privilege of then pre-registering, or actually registering us for this Transomania run in January of this year, over a year before the MDS. I also wanted to test how long it would take to train for something like this on minimum training and was having the least destruction to my life. So all the way through, and I'm going to speak to you about training in a, in a little minute or so, all the way through I've been doing exactly the same, but I wanted to test how I could get through this on minimum training and also put some of the principles that we're working with at in a fight with a number of athletes of improving their strength to improve their speed in endurance races. We're very lucky to work with a number of marathoners, a number of tri triathletes, Ironman triathletes. We've got one gentleman who's gonna ride his bike, push bike all the way across America. And we're training a lot of these guys through strength. So actually, as a coach, to get out there and do it ourselves and to put our strength training and our principles to the test and see how well they hold up and how they carry us through it. That was a nice motivation for me as well. And, and most of all, this is one of those things in life, people have said to me, perhaps life-changing experience, probably won't change my life incredibly, but it'll be an experience. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to learn different things about my body. I'm looking to learn how my body functions. I'm looking to learn how my body reacts in certain situations and also, of course, my mind. How my mind plays with having to run 285 kilometers, how my mind plays out of having to set off at 6 p.m., being sleep deprived, sleeping for two, three, four, maximum five hours at once as we go through. That's some of the reasons why we're getting involved in it. Now, to hop back to the training, what's that look like? And this is what a lot of people have said to me. How does your training look 
And how on earth do you prepare for something like this? I wanna give you some stats. I've been training for this thing for 70 days. In that 70 days, over 16 runs, I've been out running only 16 times, and I've covered only 315 kilometers. The actual time of running has been minimal. That's my run-specific training. Outside of that, I started preparing this for this run about six months ago. One of my first steps was to buy a stand-up workstation and increase the time on my feet. So instead of sitting down at a desk and working, I'm stood up for most of the time. Also, when I'm coaching people, I'm constantly stood up or putting myself in a position that's stretching different parts of my body. Also, my strength program has been as aggressive as I always try to make it. I'm constantly trying to get stronger. I've focused a lot on strength, especially in my legs, increased the focus on that in the last six to eight months as well. Not only as that fits in with my next goal, which is the CrossFit Games, the CrossFit Open, CrossFit Regionals of 2014, but also because it plays super into the hands of running. As I said before, we see a lot of people who want to get better at running, but do not get better at running through running. So what we do, we make them a lot stronger, we build their strength, we increase their mobility, often fixing a few issues that we're seeing through tight hips, through tight IT bands, issues through the lower leg, and this immediately makes them stronger. If you wanna catch up on all the training that we've done outside of those 16 runs and the 315 kilometers, just go over to innerfight.com slash training logs, and you can actually see on a weekly basis all the training I've been doing. This training's been, the run training, those 16 runs, has been totally in addition to my regular training. And I follow a regular strength and CrossFit training program, so this has been in addition to that. One of the things that I'll add there is I haven't been super strict all of the time. I've listened to my body. When I was tired, I stopped training. When I had more energy, I ran longer or I squatted more. And this is one of the things that I'm caught up in a lot with people, in that people are not listening enough to their body. They're not paying attention to what it's doing. They're buying programs or using programs and just going and going and going exactly as per the program says and running themselves into the ground. Probably one of the biggest mistakes you can make. So be really cautious. If you're thinking of embarking on a journey like this or for any physical fitness goal, to be perfectly honest with you, you need to really listen to your body. We've reacted even when I've been training with Martin. He's been tired. He's reacted to that, he's taken days off, and that's been one of the biggest things all the way through. So how does the expedition look? What's the strategy? What's the equipment all about? And of course, one of the things, the biggest part of the jigsaw puzzle is the food. That's where I'm going to now. The food for me is a pure calculation. It's based on how many calories we'll need. It's based on how many calories we think we'll burn. And then, in this case, we look to the food that's the most efficient, that's got almost, as you could probably say, the biggest bang for its buck. So really high calorie food that's easy to make. Remember, we're in the middle of the mountains or the middle of the desert. You can't just knock up, well, I can't knock up a gourmet meal anyway, but you can't just knock up something in the frying pan. So we've got a lot of expedition food, which is almost boiling the bag. You add hot water to it and it rehydrates the food. These things, spaghetti bolognese, different things like that, pack a serious punch of about 800 calories. So there's a lot of calories coming in through that. So we'll have two warm meals a day, and then we'll use a lot of liquid nutrition. 
So we'll be taking nutrition on all the time through liquid format, which comes in at about 700 calories per 20 kilometers. And then some in some other edible form, we're using pro bars, which are about 400 calories per bar. So we'll be taking on around 5,000 calories per day to try and fuel that. The other thing that's really important, obviously, is your, is your water alongside your food. Water is gonna fuel you, it's about your hydration. And especially seeing as we're in the middle of the desert, this is really, really important. So we've got bladders with three liters in it on the back, and then two water bottles on our front, which both carry 750 ml. As I said earlier, we've got checkpoints every 20 to 25 kilometers where we can refill this water. In between that, there's no water. So you have to manage your water well. Dehydrate in the first day or in the early parts of these types of races and you will actually never really catch up. The food is probably one of the biggest calculations that we've done, weight-wise and calorie-wise. This is what's gonna fuel us, this is our petrol. So this is something that we've gotta be really quite particular about. And we've gone through a lot of different research, we've tested products, we've gone out, we've done runs with different types of products, not like the flavor, not like how it's feeling our, felt in our stomach. And we've then gone back and used other products. So there's been quite a bit of testing to make sure we get the products pretty much spot on. The second part of it is the equipment. And again, another minefield. What shoes are you wearing? What clothes are you wearing to stop chafe? Sleeping bag to keep you warm. We're gonna be experiencing single digit figures, six degrees, eight degrees, maybe a little bit colder. So how do we manage all of that? We continued using Innovate shoes. Why? Because this is what we've been using for a long time and what we've been running in. I'm using their Rocklight version, which is a trail running shoe. It works absolutely brilliantly, I don't have any problems with my legs at all. I have very minimal problem with my feet. And I've had those now, I've been running in those since we started about three months ago. I got them and started wearing them on a regular basis and I've done all of those 16 runs in the last 70 days in them. They work absolutely brilliantly for me. As far as clothing is concerned, we just carry the bare minimum. So I've got a pair of short two times U tights, pair of long Lululemon tights and a few compression tops from two times U as well. The great thing about the two times U equipment is it's very, very technically advanced. It breathes super well, reduces any kind of chafe in the early parts through using other stuff. I was getting a lot of chafe, especially from the backpack, and that is not really too comfortable at all when your back is completely ripped apart. So the two times U stuff I found is super cool. Headwear, keeping the sun off is super important as well. And we use our, our Inner Fight branded head sweats visors, which we've been using for a very long time, absolutely brilliantly. And more recently, again, Inner Fight branded bandanas, <clears throat> which these things are really great. You can use them to keep your neck warm. They double up as a balaclava, a sweat headband, a beanie. They keep you warm at night. These things are so, so versatile. Actually, if you're interested in them as well, they're available over on our shop, innerfight.com slash shop. The sleeping bag is obviously super important. Although we're only sleeping a few hours, we wanna make sure that we are incredibly or as comfortable as we can be. So sleeping bag, very important. And also the size of your sleeping bags, very important as well. The backpack weighing only 10 kilos, 
sleeping bag actually only weighs about 250 to 300 grams and fits very nicely just in the bottom of my backpack. Accompanied with this, a little bit of comfort at the expense of a little bit of space and a little bit of extra weight, I've gone for a very, very compact, again, about 250 to 300 gram floor mat from Thermarest, which is absolutely brilliant. You inflate it and then you roll it back down. The great thing about this as well is it's got heat reflectant on it, so the body heat that you're losing into the ground comes back up into your body and is actually pretty nice and warm. So that basically is how the equipment goes. On top of that, I've got an outer layer, a jacket, which keeps me nice and warm as well. Two times use socks. Socks are super important, taking care of the feet, very important as well. And a new pair of socks every day, which I can assure you is an absolute pleasure to pull on. The final question, and something that a lot of people have posed to me as well, how are you gonna go about this? Do you just sit off, do you just run one kilometer, two kilometers, up to 285 kilometers? There's a little bit of strategy in it for us. What we have to remember here is that we are not overly well designed for these things. The other guys in the field with us are 65 to 75, maximum of 80 kilos. We're going out there, checking in at 92 kilos, up to 100, 105 when we've got 10, just over 10 kilos of weight in our backpack. So we're quite different breeds. Our heart rate goes up a lot higher. We also cannot go as fast without burning so much energy. So we go into this with a little bit of a strategy. Our strategy is that when it's uphill, and this is all tried and tested as well, we didn't just do it on the first day, or we don't just plan to do it on the first day. We've tried and tested this through our various training runs. When it's steep uphill, we just walk. We found that we cannot get, we cannot go any faster than a walk whilst running, but we see an increase of about 30 beats per minute in our heart rate when we're going uphill. The same applies in the super soft sand dunes. When it's super soft, we tried running for a long time, heart rates were going through the roof, and we actually were not getting much faster or covering much more ground than we were when we were walking. But of course, when it gets flatter, when the terrain's harder, sometimes on the downhill, downhill you have to be very careful as well not to burn your legs out. It's still very, very demanding going downhill. But when the terrain's good, we'll definitely be out there running and we cruise along at about six minutes, six to seven minutes a kilometer. Obviously, when we've got more energy, the terrain gets better, we get a little bit faster. But that's, we know, and this is the, one of the big mental games as well, when we find nice flat terrain that we're able to run on it, and we're able to run on it on at a sustainable pace with our heart rates at a sustainable pace. And we're looking a lot at the heart rates here. This really is a test of efficiency. We want to be as efficient as possible. We don't want to burn too many calories too early. We don't want to dehydrate and overheat and basically deplete our energy sources too early. So this is a massive test of efficiency. We won't be going all out in the first five kilometers at all. We won't be going all out at all, any stage. We don't want to burn that, those calories. Over the four days, over the 100 hours, of course, we won't be leaving anything out there. But the major thing is that we get through this race within the time cap and we do not burn ourselves out. So hopefully from that, 
you really understand a little bit more about what's gone into this, about the food, about our equipment, how our training looks, why we're doing this, and the strategy we're gonna do. Of course, I wanna thank our sponsors, Fortrust, for helping us to get to this race. As you can imagine, there's various financial costs to get into a race like this, aside from the equipment as well. So we really thank them for all of their support. And thanks to all of our followers, all of our supporters, and everyone that sent us any from Dubai or from those further around the world. We've had an incredible amount of messages sent in, and we really, really just wanna thank everyone for all the support, and we look forward to sharing with you Probably some of the learnings, the highs, there'll definitely be a few low points where we'll learn a lot more about ourselves, but we're incredibly looking forward to the experience that we're having, and we thank you for your continued support. To check out our progress, you can follow us. Go over to the website, www.innerfight.com. You can follow us through facebook.com slash innerfight, or over on Twitter, at InnerFight. You can also follow my personal social media accounts on Twitter, IFMS7, the same over on Instagram. We'll do our best to keep you up to date with our progress and we look forward to catching up with a lot of you to share our story on our return.